Sections 44 to 56 of The Life of Antony. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew James Gray. The Life of Antony by Athanasius, translated by H. Ellishaw. While Antony was thus speaking, all rejoiced. In some, the love of virtue increased, in others, carelessness was thrown aside, the self-conceit of others was stopped, and all were persuaded to despise the assaults of the evil one, and marvelled at the grace given to Antony from the Lord for the discerning of spirits. So their cells were in the mountains, like filled with holy bands of men who sang psalms, loved reading, fasted, prayed, rejoiced in the hope of things to come, laboured in almsgiving, and preserved love and harmony, one with another. And truly, it was possible, as it were, to behold a land set by itself, filled with piety and justice. For then there was neither the evildoer, nor the injured, nor the reproaches of the tax-gatherer, but instead a multitude of ascetics. And the one purpose of them all was to aim at virtue so that any one beholding the cells again and seeing such good order among the monks would lift up his voice and say how goodly are your dwellings o jacob and your tents o israel as shady glens and as a garden by a river as tents which the lord has pitched and like cedars near waters numbers twenty four verses five to six antony however according to his custom returned alone to his own cell, increased his discipline, and sighed daily as he thought of the mansions in heaven, having his desire fixed on them and pondering over the shortness of man's life. And he used to eat and sleep, and go about all other bodily necessities with shame when he thought of the spiritual faculties of the soul. So often, when about to eat with any other hermits, recollecting the spiritual food, he begged to be excused, and departed far off from them, deeming it a matter for shame if he should be seen eating by others. He used, however, when by himself to eat through bodily necessity, but often also with the brethren, covered with shame on these occasions, yet speaking boldly words of help. And he used to say that it behooved a man to give all his time to his soul rather than his body, yet to grant a short space to the body through its necessities, but all the more earnestly to give up the whole remainder to the soul and seek its profit, that it might not be dragged down by the pleasures of the body, but on the contrary, the body might be in subjection to the soul. For this is that which was spoken by the Saviour. Be not anxious for your life when you shall eat, nor for your body what you shall put on, and do you seek not what you shall eat, or what you shall drink? And be not of a doubtful mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. But your Father knows that you have need of all these things. Howbeit do you seek first his kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you? Matthew 6, verse 31, Luke 12, verse 29. After this, the church was seized by the persecution which then took place under Maximinus, 
and when the holy martyrs were led to Alexandria, Antony also followed, leaving his cell and saying, Let us go too, that if called, we may contend or behold them that are contending. And he longed to suffer martyrdom, but not being willing to give himself up, he ministered to the confessors in the mines and in the prisons. And he was very zealous in the judgment hall to stir up to readiness those who were summoned when in their contest, while those who were being martyred he received and brought on their way until they were perfected. The judge, therefore, beholding the fearlessness of Antony and his companions and their zeal in this matter, commanded that no monk should appear in the judgment hall, nor remain at all in the city. So all the rest thought it good to hide themselves that day. But Antony gave so little heed to the command that he washed his garment, stood all next day on a raised place before them, and appeared in his best before the governor. Therefore, when all the rest wondered at this, and the governor saw and passed by with his array, he stood fearlessly showing the readiness of us Christians. For, as I have said before, he prayed himself to be a martyr, wherefore he seemed as one grieved that he had not borne his witness. But the Lord was keeping him for our profit, and that of others, that he should become a teacher to many of the discipline which he had learned from the Scriptures. For many, only beholding his manner of life, were eager to be imitators of his way. So he again ministered as usual to the confessors, and as though he were their fellow-captive, he laboured in his ministry. And when at last the persecution ceased, and the blessed Bishop Peter had borne his testimony, Antony departed, and again withdrew to his cell, and was there daily a martyr to his conscience, and contending in the conflicts of faith. And his discipline was much severer, for he was ever fasting, and he had a garment of hair on the inside, while the outside was skin, which he kept until his end. And he neither bathed his body with water to free himself from filth, nor did he ever wash his feet, nor even endure so much as to put them into water, unless compelled by necessity. Nor did any one even see him unclothed, nor his body naked at all, except after his death, when he was buried. And when therefore he had retired and determined to fix a time, after which neither to go forth himself nor admit anybody, Martinian, a military officer, came and disturbed Antony, for he had a daughter afflicted with an evil spirit. But when he had continued for a long while knocking at the door, and asking him to come out and pray to God for his child, Antony, not bearing to open, looked out from above and said, Man, why do you call on me? I also am a man, even as you. But if you believe in Christ, whom I serve, go, and according as you believe, pray to God, and it shall come to pass. Straight away, therefore, he departed, believing and calling upon Christ, and he received his daughter cleansed from the devil. Many other things also through Antony the Lord did, who says, Seek, and it shall be given unto you. Luke 11, verse 9. For many of the sufferers, when he would not open his door, slept outside his cell, and by their faith and sincere prayers were healed. But when he saw himself beset by many, and not suffered to withdraw himself according to his intent as he wished, fearing because of the signs which the Lord wrought by him, that either he should be puffed up, or that some other should think of him above what he ought to think, he considered and set off to go into the upper Thebaid, 
among those to whom he was unknown. And having received loaves from the brethren, he sat down by the bank of the river, looking whether a boat would go by, that, having embarked thereon, he might go up the river with them. While he was considering these things, a voice came to him from above, Antony, where are you going and why? But he no way disturbed, but as he had been accustomed to be called often thus, giving ear to it, answered, saying, Since the multitude permit me not to be still, I wish to go into the upper Thebaid on account of the many hindrances that come upon me here, and especially because they demand of me things beyond my power. But the voice said unto him, Even though you should go into the Thebaid, or even though, as you have in mind, you should go down to the Bukulia, you will have to endure more, aye, double the amount of toil. But if you wish really to be in quiet, depart now into the inner desert. And when Antony said, Who will show me the way, for I know it not? Immediately the voice pointed out to him Saracens about to go that way. So Antony approached and drew near them, and asked that he might go with them into the desert. And they, as though they had been commanded by providence, received him willingly. And having journeyed with them three days and three nights, he came to a very lofty mountain, and at the foot of the mountain ran a clear spring, whose waters were sweet and very cold. Outside there was a plain and a few uncared-for palm trees. Antony then, as it were, moved by God, loved the place, for this was the spot which he who had spoken with him by the banks of the river had pointed out. So, having first received loaves from his fellow travellers, he abode in the mountain alone, no one else being with him, and recognising it as his own home, he remained in that place for the future. But the Saracens, having seen the earnestness of Antony, purposely used to journey that way, and joyfully brought him loaves, while now and then the palm-trees also afforded him a poor and frugal relish. But after this, the brethren, learning of the place, like children mindful of their father, took care to send to him. But when Antony saw that the bread was the cause of trouble and hardships to some of them, to spare the monks this, he resolved to ask some of those who came to bring him a spade, an axe, and a little grain. And when these were brought, he went over the land round the mountain, and having found a small plot of suitable ground, tilled it, and having a plentiful supply of water for watering, he sowed. This, doing year by year, he got his bread from thence, rejoicing that thus he would be troublesome to no one, and because he kept himself from being a burden to anybody. But after this, seeing again that people came, he cultivated a few pot-herbs, that he who came to him might have some slight solace after the labour of that hard journey. At first, however, the wild beasts in the desert, coming because of the water, often injured his seeds and husbandry. But he, gently laying hold of one of them, said to them all, Why do you hurt me, when I hurt none of you? Depart, and in the name of the Lord, come not near this spot. And from that time forward, as though fearful of his command, they no more came near the place. So he was alone in the inner mountain, spending his time in prayer and discipline, and the brethren who served him asked that they might come every month and bring him olives, pulse, and oil, for by now he was an old man. There, then, he passed his life, 
and endured such great wrestlings, not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6, verse 12, as it is written, but against opposing demons, as we learned from those who visited him. For there they heard tumults, many voices, and as it were the clash of arms. At night they saw the mountain become full of wild beasts, and him also fighting, as though against visible beings, and praying against them. And those who came to him he encouraged, while kneeling he contended and prayed to the Lord. Surely it was a marvellous thing that a man, alone in such a desert, feared neither demons who rose up against him, nor the fierceness of the four-footed beasts and creeping things, for all they were so many. But in truth, as it is written, he trusted in the Lord as Mount Zion, with a mind unshaken and undisturbed, so that the demons rather fled from him, and the wild beasts, as it is written, Job 5 verse 23, kept peace with him. The devil, therefore, as David says in the Psalms, observed Antony and gnashed his teeth against him. But Antony was consoled by the Saviour and continued unhurt by his wiles and varied devices. As he was watching in the night, the devil sent wild beasts against him, and almost all the hyenas in that desert came forth from their dens and surrounded him, and he was in the midst, while each one threatened to bite. Seeing that it was a trick of the enemy, he said to them all, If you have received power against me, I am ready to be devoured by you. But if you were sent against me by demons, stay not, but depart, for I am a servant of Christ. When Antony said this, they fled, driven by that word, as with a whip. A few days later, as he was working, for he was careful to work hard, someone stood at the door and pulled the plate which he was working for he used to weave baskets, which he gave to those who came in return for what they brought him. And rising up, he saw a beast, like a man to the thighs, but having legs and feet like those of an ass. And Antony only signed himself and said, I am a servant of Christ. If you are sent against me, behold, I am here. But the beast, together with his evil spirits, fled, so that through his speed he fell and died and the death of the beasts was the fall of the demons. For they strove in all manner of ways to lead Antony from the desert, and were not able. And once, being asked by the monks to come down and visit them and their abodes after a time, he journeyed with those who came to him, and a camel carried the loaves and the water for them. For all that desert is dry, and there is no water at all that is fit to drink, save in that mountain from whence they drew the water, and in which Antony's cell was. So when the water failed them on their way, and the heat was very great, they were all in great danger. For having gone round the neighbourhood and finding no water, they could walk no further, but lay on the ground, and despairing of themselves, let the camel go. But the old man, seeing that they were all in jeopardy, groaning in deep grief, departed a little way from them, kneeling down, he stretched forth his hands and prayed, and immediately the Lord made water to well forth where he had stood praying, and so all drank and were revived. And having filled their bottles, they sought the camel and found her, for the rope happened to have caught in a stone and was held fast. Having led it and watered it, they placed the bottles on its back 
and finished their journey in safety. And when he came to the outer cells, all saluted him, looking on him as a father. And he too, as though bringing supplies from the mountain, entertained them with his words and gave them a share of help. And again, there was joy in the mountains, zeal for improvement and consolation through their mutual faith. Antony also rejoiced when he beheld the earnestness of the monks, and his sister grown old in virginity, and that she herself was also the leader of other virgins. So after certain days he went in again to the mountain, and henceforth many resorted to him, and others who were suffering ventured to go in. To all the monks, therefore, who came to him, he continually gave this precept, Believe in the Lord and love him. Keep yourself from filthy thoughts and fleshly pleasures, and as it is written in the Proverbs, be not deceived by the fullness of the belly. Pray continually, avoid vainglory, sing psalms before sleep and on awaking, hold in your heart the commandments of Scripture, be mindful of the works of the saints, that your soul's being put in remembrance of the commandments may be brought into harmony with the zeal of the saints. And especially he counseled them to meditate continually on the apostles' word, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Ephesians 4, verse 26. And he considered this was spoken of all commandments in common, and that not on wrath alone, but not on any other sin of ours, ought the sun to go down. For it was good and needful that neither the sun should condemn us for an evil by day, nor the moon for a sin by night, or even for an evil thought. That this state may be preserved in us, it is good to hear the apostle and keep his words. For he says, Try your own selves and prove your own selves. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 Daily, therefore, let each one take from himself the tale of his actions, both by day and night, and if he has sinned, let him cease from it, while, if he has not, let him not be boastful. But let him abide in that which is good, without being negligent, nor condemning his neighbours, nor justifying himself, until the Lord come who searches out hidden things, as says the blessed Apostle Paul. For often unawares we do things that we know not of, but the Lord sees all these things. Wherefore, committing the judgment to him, let us have sympathy one with another. Let us bear each other's burdens. Galatians 6, verse 6. But let us examine our own selves, and hasten to fill up that in which we were lacking. And, as a safeguard against sin, let the following be observed. Let us each one note and write down our actions and the impulses of our soul, as though we were going to relate them to each other. Be assured that if we should be utterly ashamed to have them known, we shall abstain from sin and harbour no base thoughts in our mind. For who wishes to be seen while sinning? Or who will not rather lie after the commission of a sin through the wish to escape notice? As then, while we are looking at one another, we would not commit carnal sin. So, if we record our thoughts as though about to tell them to one another, we shall the more easily keep ourselves free from vile thoughts through shame, lest they should be known. Wherefore, let that which is written be to us in place of the eyes of our fellow hermits, that blushing as much to write as if we had been caught, 
we may never think of what is unseemly. Thus, fashioning ourselves, we shall be able to keep the body in subjection, to please the Lord, and to trample on the devices of the enemy. This was the advice he gave to those who came to him, and with those who suffered he sympathized and prayed. And oft-times the Lord heard him on behalf of many, yet he boasted not because he was heard, nor did he murmur if he were not, but always he gave the Lord thanks, and besought the sufferer to be patient, and to know that healing belonged neither to him nor to man at all, but only to the Lord, who does good when and to whom he will. The sufferers therefore used to receive the words of the old man as though they were a cure, learning not to be downhearted, but rather to be long-suffering. And those who were healed were taught not to give thanks to Antony, but to God alone. End of sections 44 to 56